Welcome to the Bacon Games Podcast, your source for the latest from the MLB and the NFL. Let's get started with your host, Jesse. Hey guys, welcome back to the Bacon Games Podcast. I'm joined here with special guest Herms. Herms, what's up, dude? How you doing? Not too bad, my dude. I'm really excited about this. Oh yeah, I'm excited too. I don't. It's not too often, which is kind of a travesty, I get to talk about trading cards, especially on the podcast. So anytime I get that chance to, I'm ready to roll, and uh, I'm hoping this is going to be a great discussion. But since it's Herms, we know it's going to be a good discussion, right? So I'm ready. Um, <laughs> Woo, hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so why don't you why don't you talk to us or my viewers or whatever about um like how you got into TCGs and I know you're a big um like sports trading card game and I'm the trading card guy and I'm not as much of that so it'll be an interesting little back and forth we got here but t- tell me how you got into it. Yeah, man, dude, I I'm not nearly as deep into it as I used to be, honestly, just because I mean, like after a certain point, I realized how much of my budget was <laughs> going <laughs> toward collecting baseball cards. But I mean, yeah. I've uh, I started doing that a lot when I was a kid. I know that my older brother had a lot of really cool cards and stuff that like he would set up on like his bookcase you know, in his room when we were kids. And I was always like, wow, that looks super cool. So, you know, whenever I would go to the store with my mom or something, you know, I would run over to the card section and be like, please, 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 can I get a couple packs, please? And just, you know, so I built my own little collection that, you know, I have in a little, uh, you know, plastic bin or whatever, like the kind where there's like rows and stuff and you can kind of organize them a little bit. Like, I never had anything super valuable, but it was just something that i don't know it was just fun to like you know look at the pictures and you know learn all the stats and numbers and like i you know from there i just started memorizing like you know like a certain player's batting average or you know things like that and just you know like it really helped me learn the game of baseball better and also just you know like the visual appeal of like the super cool action photos and all that stuff like I don't know. So, I mean, that's kind of how that got going. But as I got older and like was able to process the like the the angle of it, that's more about, you know, like which cards specifically are valuable and all that stuff. You know, so I started getting more into like autographed cards and, you know, finding like rare rookie cards and stuff like that. But, you know, it all just stems from, you know, being a kid and wanting to be like my brother so just i don't know (laughs) that's how a lot of things go when you have siblings so sure sure i'm the older sibling so i feel like i probably was the trendsetter there i think (laughs) but that's that's cool that's good stuff nice yeah yeah i get to be the older one i'm five years older so big big time big boy bully but he's bigger than me now like as a human so he could beat me up um but that's (laughs) that's i guess how it goes right sometimes that's how it goes um but yeah yeah that's cool would it be man yeah, so so would you say you're now like more serious with the with the collecting stuff? I mean, I know during the pandemic, a lot of people you know turned to collectibles to like do stuff. So I'm curious where you're at now compared to you know where you started from. Well, I mean, I would say I don't know. Like, I have yeah. I have a bookcase that sits next to my bed or whatever, and I have just like 
a whole display that takes up like three shelves or whatever. Like I'm way more into it from like an aesthetic standpoint of just like, you know, having like a cool decorative part of my bedroom, you know, like, so mm-hmm. I just really, I don't know. I'm a weird guy. I just like, I take a lot of pride in how I've like organized them and displayed them and all that shit. So like, I'm really just, I'm really focused on the visual aspect. So, like, I don't have very many new cards that I have acquired in the last year or so just because, like, I'm very specific about, you know, which sets I really like and which players I'm really trying to collect. Like, I know it's a pretty common thing, especially with sports cards, for people to have, like, a very specific personal collection. You know, like the deeper and deeper you get into it. So, I mean, like that's kind of where I'm at now is just like building my shrine to the Washington Nationals. That's right. I forgot. (laughs) Forgot about that. I know we all have flaws. (laughs) I understand. You know, (laughs) (laughs) true, true. Um, But yeah, no, I get that. That, That's cool. Is there any specific? I guess we can get to that later about the specific cards that you have and stuff. We, We can get into that a little later. A little bit of a teaser, but some Nationals, I assume, are coming up. So. That's all good stuff. Um, oh, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, I hate to hear it, but I'm still interested. Um, so it's it's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm I'm curious about the hobby because, like I said, I do do mostly like, um, you know, I don't do baseball cards. You know, I normally do uh, different kind of stuff like Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, Magic, all that stuff. So one of the things that struck me that's very different about baseball cards is um, the different like card manufacturers and the different um, like. I guess sets, but like, you know, trading cards have different sets, but I'm just curious if, oh, cause I know like tops makes them. I think Panini was one for football that I'm just getting to know about. So I'm curious if you could talk to me about like the different kinds of card manufacturers and like how that goes into um, the hobby. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when it comes to baseball cards, at least um, unless something has changed and I'm not aware of it, uh, Tops is the manufacturer that has the license to pub, uh, not publish, uh, print cards with uh, like Major League Baseball logos on them and stuff. So there are a bunch of other different manufacturers that produce baseball cards, but they don't have the permission to like you know put an image of a player like with the logo on like the player's cap in the photo or whatever. So. Tops and also Bowman is another manufacturer that's under the Tops umbrella. So, I mean, they're more or less the same brand at the end of the day. But uh, I, I know that in terms of baseball, like that's what's most desirable just because, you know, from an aesthetic standpoint or whatever, like you want to look at a card and see like Aaron Judge and, you know, mm-hmm. see the fact that, you know, the Yankees logo is on his helmet or on his, you know, on his hat right. or something. Mm-hmm. Whereas Panini, like, they make really, really cool baseball cards, but they don't have the agreement with Major League Baseball to put the logos on stuff. So some people view that as a bit of a turnoff. So the value of those cards is not as high to the masses i mean there are people who are different you know it really depends on what you're into like in terms of a preference because like for me like i have tons of tops tons of bowman cards but i also really enjoy what panini makes and you know some of them like i don't really care that like one of them that i have specifically is like a a michael a taylor autographed rookie card that has like 
a super cool patch of um you know like a part of like the number from his uniform or whatever mm-hmm. so even though mm-hmm. it doesn't have you know the curly w logo on his helmet or anything like Panini does a really, really good job of doing what they call relic cards or whatever in terms of just, like, having, you know, the different patches of, you know, game-used, like, uniforms and stuff on that. So, I don't know. It really depends on what you're into for the most part. But when it comes to football cards, I know that, I don't know, like, tops is to baseball what Panini is to football in terms of that type of thing. Like, I know that like football cards people are really into the panini collection but i don't know but like for you i know that because you're more into the you know like the the gaming cards or whatever you know like Mm -hmm. that type of stuff like yeah uh, probably not the best term in the world but i know that (laughs) uh (laughs) look at me i'm having having a great day but um So I know that, like, it's usually centered around, like, one manufacturer, right? So, I mean, like, how do you differentiate the value of, like, a Yu-Gi-Oh card versus another Yu-Gi-Oh card or a magic card versus another magic card? You know what I mean? Like, I'm curious how that works because I have no clue. (laughs) Yeah, um, it's a little, it's definitely different than sports for sure. It's 100% different. Um, One of the things that I think is also true for the sports cards, I think the one where they overlap is rarity, right? Like, how rare certain is, how many stuff they have, like, what's the print run on stuff like that, right? That, that's got to be, like, something that... Right, yeah, so that's one of it. But the other, probably the most important... Yeah, I'm going to say definitely the most important, at least in Magic. Maybe less important in, in, in Pokemon, definitely important in Yu-Gi-Oh! But it's just how good the card is in the certain meta, or in the, in the certain, like, format that you play in the game, right? So that's, like, a big determining factor of what the prices look like. Um, and if, you know, they're, like, old, too, uh... Uh, like the age, like, I mean, Magic started in, I want to say, like, early 90s. Um, and there's something called the Reserve List, which uh, is basically a list of cards that um, Magic, uh, the Wizards of Coast, which produced Magic Gathering cards, their Hasbro entity, um, they, they're the cards, the revised list, uh, that they will never, ever reprint again. Because, like, you, you, there are older cards and, like, stuff that they've done in the past that they've just, like, printed the same card again, maybe with different art, um, or just to get it into, like, a certain different set or stuff like that. But there's older cards that they will never ever ever they promise not to they still have it up um they still have held it for like i think since 2006 that they're never ever gonna or 2001 even maybe um that they're never gonna reprint any of those cards so those cards the reserveless cards any of those cards for collectors are expensive and there are cards that are played in certain formats that are pretty expensive that um you know they'll never reprint so those things are always going to be pretty high um does that all make sense so far Wow, dude, like, I, I find that to be super fascinating and also like good on them to like really understand like, you know, because I mean, like, obviously it's a very popular game that people play. Uh, I know like there are a couple uh, trading card stores in my area that like host tournaments and stuff and all that. Right. And like, you know, like, it's a really fun game to play, obviously, for however many thousands of people but i i think it's <laughs> yeah. really cool on them to like recognize that but also just like from the collector's standpoint to just be like you know what people are really into this so we're mm-hmm. just gonna you know make sure that like you know these ones are gonna be the hot ones these are gonna be the rare ones you know like I, there's a certain awareness that they have yeah now that i know that that's just like <laughs> super cool on them like yeah. I don't know, man, because, like, they recognize, like, yeah, what's up? We're nerds. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, like, dude, I don't, mm, I love that energy. I'm so here for that. 
<laughs> dude i vibe with that too absolutely i 100 do um yeah and there's like other stuff too like different like art people like certain different artworks they used to print cards with white borders and people really hate that there's like full art cards and that goes all across like all different like card games like um like pokemon has like full art cards magic has full art cards that are really you know sought after and stuff that it's fun yeah there's a whole other little stuff but yeah it's just the two manufacturers but they print a lot of stuff um or just the one manufacturer's right pokemon's a little different um, because of all this craziness that's going on with Pokemon right now, it's like the hottest trading card game out there. Um, oh yeah, like, yeah. So like, uh, it's a little different because like the old nostalgic stuff people are paying a lot of money for. Like rich celebrities are paying a lot of money for them. So that that's a whole nother collector's market. Because you can't really use those cards to like play in like the modern game at least because they're just like outclassed, right? You know, power creep and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, Pokemon's a little bit more collecty. Like 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 I would call like you know baseball cards and football cards. You can't really play with them, right? Um, or at least the ones that we're talking about on this pod. I mean, I have cards. Do you ever, do you remember MLB Showdown? I feel like we've mentioned this before. <laughs> yeah, dude. That, yeah, because yeah, yeah. like that was yeah. really fun. And then, God, there's one that I can't even remember the name of the manufacturer off the top mm-hmm. of my head. But they're like they're cards from I want to say like 2003, and I have a shit ton of them, and <laughs> I have no idea how to play <laughs> the game now. But <laughs> like, is is it baseball? I, is it a baseball one? Oh yeah, no it oh, it okay. was a it was a whole like you know like low yeah. key like nerdy game that they designed that was kind of like an off brand thing and like my brother and I have a shit ton of those cards. I honestly like I said like I have no idea how the game works even now thinking uh-huh. back on it. But <laughs> I don't know, like that there was also a different game that like I can't remember what that one is either. But like it came with like a spinner or whatever and like a bunch of weird shit and like i don't know it was really popping in like the 80s like i know in like certain oh yeah dude in like in certain collectors groups that i'm in on the internet like i've seen a lot of nostalgia for that and like i can't remember what it's actually you know i'm just gonna google it real quick because i I remember Tops coming out with like a similar game in like the mid two thousands that was like you could actually play with them. I think I have like a few of those cards somewhere. I'm not, I, it might actually happen. I feel like it was Tops though because I feel like that's all I bought. But I feel like there was one in like the mid two thousands that I'm semi remembering. But MLB Showdown was like two thousand to two thousand five. They also did NFL Showdown and uh, NBA Showdown, which I also have cards of, um, and those are a lot of fun. But like yeah, like you could play with those. So that's like kind of was my thing. And they were also huge at the schoolyard, you know all around we used to go to this oh uh, totally <laughs> yeah we used to go to this place in the summer it was like all the kids go and everyone would be playing it will be showdown it was so much fun i have huge nostalgia for that and i have I, I'm, I'm trying to collect all the cards in all of the sets and that's going well um not you know going well enough i have a lot of earlier cards which is nice and those those are like the ones that look beautiful and i'll tell you man i i have never seen a more beautiful foiling on a card than i have seen an mlb showdown card from 2000 it looks amazing and fun fact Wizard of the Coast produced them. Um, those are the guys that make magic. So, oh, nice. Wizards also they also did Pokemon up to like 2004, uh, and then the Pokemon company like took it over because cash cow. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Yeah, oh, did you? So, yeah, yes, I did find it. Uh, also, it's also way older than I thought it was. Actually, off the top of my head, it's a uh, Stratomatic baseball. Mm-hmm. That There's like familiar, the. But- yeah, there's like there are a couple different ways to play it or whatever. Like you know, mm-hmm. like some variations of the game have like a six-sided die, and like others like up to like twenty sides or some crazy insane shit like that. But like, yeah, dude, like that <laughs> is something that like 
you know, some like the old heads or whatever. Like that's definitely something that was popping for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know. I've I've played variations of that game or whatever, mm-hmm. but like, and then I don't know. Like there are just certain games that you kind of invent in your head as a <laughs> child that you play against your other True. child friends. So I mean, obviously, like there are a million different ways you can find a way to play a game with a sports card but like yeah i mean like obviously like it's not an organized thing like it is for Yu-Gi-Oh and pokemon because like i used to collect pokemon cards when i was a kid but i never understood how the game worked (laughs) even remotely way over my level of intellect that i possessed at the time but like dude i will tell you what man like if i still had my Yu-Gi-Oh cards because like dude i had like I was so into that for a long time. And like over the years, like my mom just sold all of our cards, like yard sales and stuff. Like, yeah, like put them in Ziploc bags and sell for like two bucks a piece to the kids. And like, Mm -hmm. but now I'm looking back and I'm just like, like there's, there's one buddy of mine actually, who's like super into playing now and like travels around and does like a bunch of cool tournament stuff. And like, you know, like he, he wins some money doing what he does. He's pretty good at it. Yeah. And like, man, like I see that and I'm just like, I am so pissed at myself for not <laughs> keeping my Yu-Gi-Oh cards because like that game was fun, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how complicated it's become now, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's a little I know at now, least yeah. Yeah. like, yeah, playing in the late 90s and early 2000s, man, you're like, you know, get the Dark Magician all up in there, you know, doing all that shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's actually Wise White Dragon. You oh, know? yeah. Of course, it's actually interesting. They they uh, Yu Gi Oh is a lot different than Magic and and Pokemon, where like their their format like stretches back all the way to the beginning, and they like continually print cards that like help out like Blue Eyes and like Dark Magician and like Red Eyes and stuff like that. Like you can still have like a Blue Eyes centric deck, and it can still be like a good deck, but they just printed out like an other like thousands of other cards that are like really really good with that you know specific card. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Like they oh, just kind of yeah, like, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. It, it's, like, my buddy plays, like, a Blue Eyes deck now, and they just printed some new cards that, like, let you do, like, this cool Fusion Blue Eyes deck. Um, so it's, like, still viable, which is really fun. Not just, like, slamming out, like, a Blue Eyes. Like, that's not really viable. But, like, doing stuff with, like, a Blue Eyes deck and, like, all the cards that go with it, super, super fun. And they still print stuff for that, which is unique to Yu-Gi-Oh, like, uh, in that way. Because Pokemon, there's, like, a standard, which is, like, and, and in Magic, there's a standard, too. But it's just, like, they're, like, usually cards from the past, like, two years that you play with. But, I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh, for the most part, just lets you play with almost anything, except they have a band list, obviously. Every, every TCG has a band list, but, yeah. Um, shit, was there anything else you want to talk about on that subject, or should we move on? Oh, man, I know. I'm just, I, I decided to <laughs> Google something <laughs> while you were talking about it, because I was just remembering the fact that, like, I got super into the fact that there were dragons in this game. So, like, I remember, <laughs> like, I, there was a, there was a, a card store or whatever like a hobby store or whatever i don't even know what they're actually called yeah, uh, I, oh. we call them i call them uh lgs's local game stores that's what they call them for like magic call them lgs's yeah that's the oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah yeah that is that is the term yeah but <laughs> yeah. like uh so when i whenever uh when i wasn't going there to purchase like sports cards and stuff when i was a kid and i you know successfully convinced my parents to take me uh <laughs> Whenever I wasn't looking at sports cards, I remember being very specific about wanting to acquire as many cool dragon cards as I could to build my Yu-Gi-Oh deck. And, like, no. dude, I will tell you what, like, I had so many cool cards. But, like, there's one that I'm trying to, like, I just went on a Google image search trying to find uh-huh. the one that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Can't uh-huh. find it to save my life, but, like, this. Do you remember anything it, about it? I could, I could maybe help. Do you know anything about it? Oh, dude, it was like a... Uh, I want to say it had like I don't know. It was like a 
a five or a six star card mm-hmm. and it was kind of like a purple looking dragon or whatever like damn i i can't I remember what it is off the top there. of my head but okay but, but even mm-hmm. looking at it right now i mean like I'm having like super nostalgia flashbacks right now. Look, just looking at the stuff on Google Images, like the <laughs> oh, yeah. Blackland Fire Dragon. I that was gonna one bring was that super one up. cool. Yeah. Baby Dragon, one. like all that <laughs> shit, man. Oh, oh man. Oh, dude, um, shout out Yu-Gi-Oh, man. Shout yeah, out true. Yu-Gi-Oh. Shout it out. That that was a whole vibe when I was a kid, man. Like, oh yeah, same. I forgot yeah. how much I loved this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I like I said, I I only played. I never played the Pokemon game, but I collected it. But I played Yu-Gi-Oh and collected that when I was a kid. I didn't really play Magic till I was older. But like, yeah, I mean, I remember jamming a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh uh, in like fourth or fifth grade with a lot of blue eyes because that's all you had to do, right? Just throw out a blue eyes and be like, oh, I have most attack. Prepare to die. Exactly. Yeah, because like, I know, like whenever you would play with like you know like certain kids on the street or whatever it'd be like dude yeah. i don't want to duel with you i know you have a blue eyes in your deck like <laughs> it's like no come on but i really want to play you know just like the asshole <laughs> politics that you know sure. kids yeah have oh, yeah. <laughs> just like Absolutely. oh my god because there's Absolutely. always that one asshole that you know is just going to smoke you. And there's no point in playing against that kid because it's just yeah. like, oh, I don't want to lose, you know. <laughs> it's like the rich kid who has, like, the most money. He just, like, gets it. Or the kid who just is able to get his parents, like, enough attention to get him to go to the store all the time, you know. That was exactly. the one. Exactly. You know, yeah. It, yeah. You know, it, it's a double-edged sword because, you know, there's a reward to having the best deck. But at a mm-hmm. certain point, you know, the other kids aren't going to want to play with you because, you know, it's just like. Bro. I don't want to play with this anymore. That meme from fucking, uh, what was it, Toy Star or whatever? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking of. I won't play with you anymore. <laughs> oh, um, Good but yeah, times. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so the next thing I had was, so I know in, like, Magic and stuff like that, I think I talked a little bit about, like, how rare cards are, but I'm curious about, like, do, does football and baseball have, like, rarity levels? Like, so it, it, so when I say that, it's, like, very, like, formalized in, like, Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh!, and like magic and magic i know the best so it's like in a pack you can get a common and uncommon a rare or a mythic commons are the most common uncommon are the next you get three of them in a pack usually and then either you get like a rare or a mythic rare in in a pack in, in like that kind of slot um and and i think mythic rares are like one every eight packs or one every six packs and then you should get a rare in every pack guaranteed so like that's kind of how most packs go now i will say that especially in magic they have radically altered that formula in the recent years um where you can get like there are certain packs where there's it's like 12 cards in a pack and you can get like up to like like three or two or sometimes even four which is really hard to get like rares in a pack and then there's collector car boosters which like you get like pretty much all rares and like all different arts and stuff like that but the basic formula is rare uh uncommon uncommon mythic or rare and then mythic and then pokemon it's like v max v regular foil shining foil i don't fucking know uh, and then Yu-Gi-Oh, it's like Ghost Rare, Secret Rare, Ultra Rare, Prism Rare. It's like a billion different rarities. But I, I'm curious if, like, baseball and, and, and football have, like, a similar concept. Or they're just like, you know what? These are these 50 exclusive cards, and there's only 50 of them, and that's what we got, and this is what it is. Um, so, yeah, let me know. What do you think? What is that? <laughs> Does that work? Yeah, or? so yeah. – um... There's definitely a lot of overlap, I would say. It's just like, I mean, basically, like, similar concept, different terminology. You know, like, I I can't really speak to it too much when it comes to football cards, but I know for a fact with baseball or whatever, like, there are just, like, there's the common base set or whatever that has, like, a certain photo image that is printed on, like, every version of that uh card from the base set. And then there's, like, the short print variations and, like, the super 
short print variations or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's actually what they're called or what. Well, I know, like, because I don't know. It's like SP for like short print, and then like there's SSP. Mm. Like, oh. I'm just assuming that means super short print, but I don't know it what probably the first does, S honestly. Act- it probably does. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what the uh, first S actually stands for, but I'm just assuming. And um, when you look on, like, because uh, there are like the little, like, boxes of the cards that you can buy in stores and those are like the retail boxes and then there are things that are called the hobby boxes that are ones that you can only get like through the internet or by going to like an actual like card shop you know what i mean so like what you find in the retail boxes are going to be a little i don't know okay restart (laughs) <laughs> what you're gonna what you're gonna find in the hobby boxes are going to be the ones that are going to be like super desirable to the you know to the nerds like myself you know because like that's where you are likeliest to find autographed cards because like hobby boxes or whatever like there's a guarantee or whatever like I know like every year one set that people are super enthusiastic about is the Bowman Chrome set because that is when you get all of the prospect autographs. Like, and I know that like a very popular thing to do in baseball card collecting is to collect prospect autographs because those are the things that have the highest potential like upside in terms of like the return on investment that you're gonna get financially. Like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I mean like the cards from like the early 1900s that used to come in cigarette packs and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Th- those are very rare, very valuable and very collectible in their own right. But it's a completely different ball game when it comes to vintage. But when it comes to like modern cards or whatever, like the prospect autographs are just huge. That is massive. And I know that with tops and with Bowman, and I'm sure this is true of other ma- card manufacturers as well, but like the, the two that are, you know, most, you know, desired, uh, what they do is they designate, um, rarity based off of the, uh, different variations of the border of the card and they come in like different colors. Right. Mm -hmm. So like the red version of a card or whatever will be, uh, it's a limited run of like five. There are five of them that exist and there's like a little stamp thing like a mm-hmm. little seal that they put like on the back of the card that'll mm-hmm. be like, yes, this is like number three of five that exist. And then like one of my favorite cards is uh, a autographed card of uh, national center fielder, Victor Robles that came from, uh, I want to say like the 2016 or 2017 set or whatever. And that was the purple variation and the purple is um out of 250 so i have one of the 250 that exist in the world so you know. sorry i'll interrupt you real quick there are different like colors of the things or like it is that like just like a reflection of the rarity uh like it's yes. like red usually okay yeah yeah Got so that. i mean so the base set or whatever like the the border on the card is just like white or Ooh. silver or something okay. you know what i mean well, but like you know, like the colors will like, well, the colors, A, just look cool and B, yeah, um, yeah, sure. also like indicate the rarity of it or whatever. And like every card for the most part, um, cause like they're all refractors as well or whatever. Like, you know what I'm talking about? You know, like the cool shiny ones. I like I, yeah, I know yeah. that's very yeah. popular with other trading cards too, mm-hmm. but, um, so 
it's super cool like that. And every card has a one of one called the super fractor that mm-hmm. is gold and just has like this super cool pattern when you hold it up to the light. <laughs> and um, yeah. like, it's just, it looks so dope, but like the one of one super fractor is very, very hard to come by for obvious reasons. Cause there's only one of them. <laughs> and like, I'll tell you what, man, like I know, Oh, man, like the most valuable modern card is the uh, I want to say it was 2010 Bowman Chrome Mike Trout autographed rookie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, not yeah. rookie card or whatever, but like there's a hot debate between what is actually more valuable, a player's first ever um, autograph card or their actual rookie card, because on on the, the tops set or whatever, like they have a little insignia in the corner of the card that says RC that indicates that it is actually a rookie card. Mm -hmm. But um, there's also a little seal on uh, like the Bowman cards and stuff that will say like Bowman first or whatever, like to indicate that like this is the first run of cards that this player has signed as a professional athlete or whatever. So like there's a certain rarity to that as well. But anyway, tying it back to the super fractor thing, like I Mm -hmm. saw the 2010 Bowman Chrome Mike Trout autograph super Mm -hmm. fractor sold for like, I can't remember off the top of my head, but like, holy shit, dude. Like, I'm talking, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm pretty sure that was like well north of a couple million. Like, that thing. Damn, really? Dude, I, I will don't know, tell yeah. you what, man. Like, there are certain baseball cards that are obscenely valuable, and it makes absolutely no sense in the world because <laughs> there's, there's the famed, uh, shit, the, there's that Honus Wagner card. Or whatever, yeah, like the. I feel from like the, I've seen this. I know you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 the T two hundred six Honus Wagner. Because oh. so, I mean, for for people who don't know, Terminator two, uh, right? Oh yeah, dude. Like it, it's <laughs> a whole thing. But uh, but for for people who aren't aware, like the brief backstory of that. Um, so Honus Wagner was uh, shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates in the early part of the previous century that we went through. Uh, Hall of Famer, fabulous player. But um, he was famously against smoking tobacco, and he was very upset at the manufacturer that put out his card in that set. And he asked them, like, hey, nah, get me out of this. I don't want to be involved with this. So they, you know, stopped production on his card specifically or whatever and removed it from the set. So, again, like a bunch of them got destroyed or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then also because, like, baseball cards, you know, like, in the early part of, you know, the 1900s when those were, you know, coming out like, yeah, like they were things that you would just get with a pack of cigarettes or whatever. Like nobody right. at that time really had the foresight to understand that these were going to hold any sort of value. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. like until trading cards became more popular or whatever in like the, you know, 50s, 60s and 70s and stuff, you know, like I know like my uncle or whatever you know, always tells the story. It's like, you know, like, you know, when I moved away to college or whatever, my dad just, you know, took my baseball cards and lit them on fire. Like he didn't care anymore, you know? So yeah, Yeah. like, so for that reason, like that Honus Wagner card, like there are, I want to say like less than 200 known in existence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like, if you find one, like, wow. (laughs) And like, it turns out to be authentic. Like, even if it's in the worst condition imaginable, you were looking at thousands of dollars. And yeah. there's one that was graded through uh, PSA that I want to say was like a seven that is known as like uh, it, it's one that Wayne Gretzky purchased or whatever. Oh, okay. it's, yeah, yeah, like 
the Gretzky Wagner is like a famously <laughs> like it, it, it's it, yeah. it's a thing. And yeah. when he bought it in the '90s, I want to say it was like four point three million dollars. Damn. So Damn. a PSA seven. That's got to be the biggest PSA seven to go for that much money. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what, man. Like the vintage stuff. Like because any card that was like manufactured before the mid '70s or whatever, that was before card manufacturers did like obscenely large print runs. Yeah. Because like there was a whole era of cards like just referred to as like the junk era, like cards from like the eighties, the nineties and like up yeah. until around 2006, like they would just reprint, reprint, reprint. And there are just like millions of them in existence or whatever. So like, even like, it'll be like, Oh, I have a Ken Griffey junior rookie card. It must be valuable. Right. It's like, well, unless it's in perfect condition, no, because there are a shit ton of them, mm, but, gotcha. uh, but I don't know. But, Wow, I'm rambling. But basically, no, it's good. It's uh, good. It's good. I like this because I don't know any yeah. other shit, dude. Like, yeah. So, hell yeah. But yeah. So basically, it's just like you know the different color borders. That's one thing, and then there are also like photo variants or whatever that are like super cool, and uh, like that's a different thing as well. And like there are like certain cards every year, like in certain sets or whatever, like. Uh, Cause like you know how like baseball teams have like the throwback jerseys that they put on oh, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. there are certain variations of a player's card in a certain set in which you know the image on the card is them in the throwback uniform. So it's like, oh man, I gotta find one of those. Like holy shit, you know. So like that's <laughs> right. a whole other thing. But yeah, I mean like the rarity of them or whatever is printed on the box or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I have that's a pulled up right now like the 2020 tops update thing or whatever like finding like a short print or whatever like in a hobby box you get one out of every 63 packs mm-hmm. or like the super uh, short print variations or whatever in a hobby box it says you get one out of every 1252 packs or whatever so like it's it's very clearly established in plain english from the get-go like on every pack of cards and on every box of cards like how rare being able to identify something is so mm-hmm. like when looking for um price comparisons on ebay and stuff like i'm sure there's an element of that that is universal with other trading cards as well like mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to identify those types of things because like shit i don't know basically like there's just there's there's a whole bunch of shit it's very complicated but yeah, yes, it, there it, are it, different mm-hmm. rare things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it does sound like a billion percent more cop- more complex than what I laid out before. Like in, in Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh, it's like very easily like identified what stuff is, and it doesn't go more than like five or six rarities, really depending on it. But like, yeah, for baseball, it seems like the short print run stuff is something that yeah, a lot of like Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh Magic doesn't really do. They, they uh, Magic does something because I'm most familiar with Magic, so I'll bring it up to that. But Magic does do like a print to demand for these like premium products. They're called secret layers, um, and they're just like they're premium. So like they they like do have like really nice art. Like they're mostly foil. Like they come in. There's like five cards usually for like usually like thirty bucks each, maybe like forty bucks or not each forty bucks total. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but like those are like a little different. Those like premium stuff. Um, a little bit different. Uh, and I I don't I'm not as familiar with Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh, but I know they have like certain stuff like that for sure. Um, do do uh does uh football or just this is a little bit of a different question, but kind of in the rarity selection, does does football or baseball cards they ever have like a box topper? If you know what that is. 
Yeah, dude. So not, not, not okay. every set does, but there are some that like, oh, dude, there are some that are so cool, man. I'll mm-hmm. tell you what, like, I can't remember what year it was specifically, but Tops has this, um, this line of cards or whatever, like, uh, called like Tops Heritage or whatever. And every year they come out with it. It's an homage to a previous, um, card design from like you know anywhere wait. between like the 50s 60s 70s like anything yeah. like that so wait, all the what, cards what, look like throwbacks yeah, wait is it called the i think i i've actually ordered some of these now because i'm getting into a little bit of the card game stuff but is it like the like the project 2020 stuff and i know they're doing something this year is that kind of what it is or is it different so that's similar but uh-huh. it is just a specific set called tops heritage oh okay cool but um gotcha. yeah so there was one i want to say like I want to say it was like 2011 or 2012 or whatever. Like it was just like it was a particularly cool set that year, and mm-hmm. it's also loaded with a bunch of like uh, what are now like really valuable rookie cards and stuff. And like Ooh, there were yes. autographed box toppers that like oh, and like dude yeah. like the the Bryce Harper one is mm. so cool looking, man. And like I remember, like I had a huge Bryce Harper collection at one point. Obviously, I moved on from it for you know, like I'm still hurt by him going to Philadelphia. Yeah, Philly's but, uh, tough. that's tough. Yeah, uh, that yeah, for that, sure. that ripped me up inside. But yeah. uh, <laughs> when I was still acquiring uh, a bunch of like Bryce Harper stuff, like I remember, I really wanted that box topper card, but it was just out of my price range, oh, and I was like, so mad that I never got one. But like, yeah, dude, like there are certain like uh i I will say like in particular like the tops heritage box toppers super super cool like definitely like between you and anybody in the future who's going to be listening to this podcast google that shit because they look (laughs) amazing like it is just aesthetically pleasing Mm. for days (laughs) i get that That, that's got to be like one of the bigger pulls for like baseball cards besides the rarity right like just how good it looks because Right, like, I mean, like, Magic and stuff does that, too. Like, I people collect cards, especially the older cards, that have, like, you know, I wouldn't say deviant art, but, like, has, like, some very risque art or, like, some interesting art and stuff like that. Um, And, and I think that's kind of cool. Because I, I love, like, artwork and aesthetics and stuff like that. That's kind of the reason why we have collectibles. You know, they look beautiful, you know, right? So, yeah, it's fucking dope, dude. <laughs> oh, totally, dude. Because, like, honestly, like, for me, like, the reason, you know, I really enjoy collecting baseball cards is, like, straight up 100% the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I don't know, like, you know, it goes back to what I was saying at the beginning, you know, just like as a kid, like, they're just fun to look at. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's just yeah. something really cool about the artwork and the cool action shot of like, you know, like a shortstop, you know, like leaping in the air about to make a throw, you know, whatever. Like capturing that mm-hmm. image and putting it on a card is just like super dope. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I-, I always it, it is too. all about mm-hmm. the aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> in, like, the early internet days and stuff like that, too. I remember it being, it was awesome to, like, have easy access to, like, the stats and stuff. That was always really cool for me when I was, like, growing up. I always loved seeing yeah. the stats and stuff like that. That was always really fun. Um, and I love that. I remember, like, on the Tops cards, or, or I think it must have been Tops, because I think that was the only thing I could have bought. But I remember them having, like, like they would either, like, have them, like, in red or, like, bulleted or something like that. Or, like, a italicized if they were, like, the leader, like, the league leader or something like that. And I always thought that was so cool. Yeah, um, dude. It just looks sick. Like, you pull up a card, it's like all red stuff. I was like, whoa, this is so cool. Um, I, I just remember that specifically. But <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. But anyway, um, so uh, another thing that transcends both baseball uh, cards uh, and collectible cards and uh, trading cards like that is the grading services. The big ones I know are P- P- PSA, BGS, and SGC. I think a little bit, maybe not as big as the other two, but I know that's a pretty big one. But h- how do you feel about 
the different grading services. Do you have any opinions on them? Do you like one better or anything like that? So in terms of baseball cards specifically, like the grading services. Um, okay. So it's pretty simple, actually. Um, modern cards mm-hmm. or whatever, like anything printed from like, you know, like the 2000s on um, the Beckett grading service, BGS or whatever, like that's, mm-hmm. They are very, very strict with how they determine grades for modern cards and stuff. So, like, Mm -hmm. if you're collecting modern cards, the Beckett-graded ones are top-notch. If you are collecting vintage, like, from, uh, like, post-tobacco era on or whatever, Mm -hmm. like, that is where PSA is going to be your friend. And then anything from the tobacco era, you will really want to hit up uh yeah because like jsa and sgc do Mm -hmm. all that stuff so basically like when it comes to grading services or whatever like i think they're dope i really like having just you know like an encapsuled card it just looks cool but Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean it's it's very very specific to what era of card you collect or whatever so it's just you know like i said like really 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 old you're gonna want to get it from like uh jsa sgc what is considered to be quote-unquote vintage or whatever that's where psa comes into it and then if you collect modern cards it's all about beckett so like Uh people are like super anal about it but uh (laughs) but yeah i mean that's that's basically how it works i don't know baseball card collectors are very very finicky people it is uh interesting (laughs) interesting yeah no that is because i i feel like and i haven't done the baseball stuff obviously as much as you have uh, obviously um but i i I feel like for whatever reason it feels it seems or it feels like PSA is just more recognizable than any of the other ones. So it feels like those cards that are PSA graded are more likely to be, you know, liquid, like you can move them faster, like you could, you could sell them easier than the other cards. Does that sound right? Or is that maybe like a misconception from me um, on, this, on the collecting hobby? Honestly, like, I mean, you're, I don't know, you're right and wrong, depending on who you ask, honestly. Uh-huh. Like, okay. it really, it really just depends on, like, how anal somebody is about it you know like yeah like for me mm-hmm. or whatever like when it comes to modern cards or whatever like i'm very irritated that somebody will have sent it into psa instead of beckett because i'm just an incredibly strange human being i don't know <laughs> why i take it personally but i just do i'm like you should have sent that to bgs what are you doing oh my god it looks so much cooler but like i don't like <laughs> i happen to care way too deeply about that specifically it mm. is a flaw of me as a human being, but it is what it is. And I know that there are a shit ton of people who feel the exact same way. And it's one of those gotcha. things that, like, you know, like, unless you are a card collector of any kind, like, if I were to just say that to a stranger on the street, they would look at me like I am just, like, from Mars or something. But, <laughs> I mean, look, but you know what i'm saying because you are a collector there are people that are very loyal to certain grading services and it just is what it is you know like i am a huge fanboy for bgs that is just Mm -hmm. how i feel i think that like i am a fan of how precise their criteria is for coming up with their grades i -hmm. think that the uh the you know the little cases that they encapsulate the cards in look cooler so like you know like that's just a personal preference depending on who you ask but you know in terms of just the general public or whatever like psa is a known commodity 
You know what I mean? Like right. it that's, is that's very, thinking, yeah. very easy yeah. to, you know, move something from them because like they, you know, cause I mean, like, like I said, like Beckett is like a little more strict even than PSA is in certain areas of their grading. But, you know, it's just like PSA was really like the first company to, you know, like make that a thing, mm-hmm. you know? So they just have like the name recognition in the collecting game, you know, so like you're right, you know, like whenever somebody, you know, thinks about, you know, like a, a grading service or whatever, like the first company that comes to mind is always PSA, you know, right. so like, yeah, no, it, it does certainly make things easier to move if you're, you know, in the game of, you know, buying and selling and trading and all that shit, because like I know people that will like, you know, play the cardboard stock market and like have, you know, like their eBay store be like their second job basically. And just like have that be the thing that helps supplement their income. Like, right. Right. Yeah. I got that. <laughs> I don't think I'm there yet. I got diamond hands, but, uh, well, we'll see in the future. Maybe, maybe sometime down in the road. Um, but oh, yeah, dude. yeah, I honestly think I feel like I was a PSA loyalist for a while. Cause I, I, I mean, I do, I do like the way the, the PSA looks. I love like the red, thing around i i feel like it's it's very clean and i like that but man beckett is like they they put like what like the centering and stuff like that on there too like they do like the grade right and then they have like what centering the fuck i, I don't remember this i'm just thinking centering because i feel like that's the only thing that uh but there's like other stuff they do right like what is it consistency yeah, like I, I don't know just like if it's like wear and tear right so yeah, like they have the they have the subgrades within yeah, the overall sub, yes, grade that they get yeah. it's uh it's all about centering corners surface and Uh, what's the fourth one shit i i should know this oh my god i have so many beckett graded cards i should just know this off the top of my head but yes it's all about the corners surface centering and a secret fourth thing that i can't think of right now but yeah i mean like and there are people that even get like super anal about that shit because it's like oh well you know the the grade says it's a 9.5 but it's not a true 9.5 because not all of the subgrades are 9.5 like there are people that get weird about the fact that it's not uniform in the aggregate and i'm just like why are we caring so much about these details like yeah you know like i i can't clown anybody because i weirdly feel the same way but like (laughs) i don't know dude like i'll tell you what man if you are just a weirdly strange detail oriented person then card collecting is for you <laughs> oh, like <yeah>. that hundred <laughs> it gets wild dude it gets so wild. like no reasonable person should care about these things <laughs> but i there are people that do and i mm-hmm. am one of those people so it's just it's <laughs> one of those things where like getting super into shit like this really helps drive the point home that judging other people is not a good thing to do. Very true. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, I think, so I'm looking at a, a card right now. I think, so it's centering, corners, surface, and edges. Is that, is yes. that right? Okay, that's okay. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, oh, so I think, yeah, I, I do really like that. That's some great stuff. You're right. That, that is pretty cool to see, you know? Um, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, dude, people get really anal about the edges. Like, that is something I am particularly sensitive to as well, because, like, my whole thing is just, like, you know, like, I'll pull a card out of a pack, and I'll just, you know, like, I'll immediately put it into the little sleeve and inside of the top loader if it's, like, a super valuable one. But then, like, I'll look at it, and I'll be like, oh, but the bottom left corner is a little bit. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, yeah, uh, like, I'll just have, like, a mini panic attack and be like, why is this thing not perfect? Damn it. Like, I don't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, oh, I get that, man. It's crazy how, thing. like, 
Yeah, it's crazy how, like, out of the box, you know, the centering can just be off. Like, that's just, like, crazy to me, you know? Um, yeah. I always found that insane. Especially for, like, I know Pokemon is, like, a bigger thing. People are talking about that now. Because the centering on, especially the old cards, is, like, really, really important. Besides the condition, obviously. But, like, that is just so important for them. It's it's crazy. Um, but, I yeah, I mean, I think, I'm, I think like you said, I, I feel like I can't tell what the centering looks like. I think if you looked at it long enough, especially on some Pokemon cards, you can tell. But, like, yeah, especially on, like, a baseball card. I have no idea what the centering is supposed to look like on Happy Things because they got all the different artwork and all the different. You know what I mean? There's not like a consistent border like there are in other like trading cards. You know, um, or at least oh, that's yeah. how I feel. Does that make yeah? That makes sense, right? I mean, depending on the set, uh-huh. depending on the set, I mean, there are more clearly defined uh, ways to figure that stuff out or whatever. Like, and fair, I don't know. Fair, like, I fair. over the years have acquired an eye to be able to identify these things, so I can look at a card and be like, ah, no, nah, that's more like. 55 45 in terms of how that you know like, I, okay oh, yeah that's dope i am that's a strange see that. human being <laughs> <laughs> it's good man i'm right there with you i swear um all right cool so let's let's get a little more uh let's get a little more personal now um so the next question i have is do you have a favorite story or memory about like how you acquired a card or like maybe like a box of something or just you know maybe something when you were a kid or like a trade that you maybe did that you remember really distinctly do you have any of those stories you want to tell us arms Oh my god, dude! I mean, I have a shit ton, but I will <laughs> I will limit it to to one because this one sure. is particularly fascinating. Um, there is one uh, card collecting group on Facebook that is by far and away the largest, and um, like when I got super into it or whatever, like initially, and I was you know seeking out finding a community to be able to you know, do some trading and buying and selling and all that stuff. Like I stumbled across that one and I got to know, you know, some of the people pretty well. And I found out that, uh, one of the admins that, uh, was, you know, responsible for the group happens to live in the same area that I do. <laughs> Sick. And yeah. I just like geeked out over that fact. I was just like, Oh my God, this dude lives around here. Wow. And, uh, I was, uh, I had a, um, a 2011 Tops Update Mike Trout rookie card, <laughs> or 2000. Yeah, I think that's one. I think that's the year that it was. Uh, oh shit! Now that I'm thinking about it, off the top of my head, I would like to amend my previous statement about the Bowman Chrome Mike Trout. It is actually the 2009 that is incredibly valuable. There we okay. go. Anyway, gotcha. uh, bringing it back, <laughs> bringing it back to the story or whatever. Like, so yeah. I I had the Mike Trout rookie card that I had acquired. Oh. And I was looking to trade uh-huh. it, so I was pulling out. Uh, like I, I took a photo or whatever and I was like, Hey, like hit me up with some offers. And, uh, the dude was just like, uh, Hey man, like I'd be interested in, uh, trading for the card. And, you know, he offered me this really cool Vladimir Guerrero card. Cause that was, mm. you know, my favorite player as a kid. And that's why I Expos, partially, that guy. Hell yeah, dude, that's it, yeah, it's part of the reason why I ended up becoming a nationals fan. Well, that mm-hmm. and I live around DC, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, Bro. so, you know, I, uh, I don't know, like, I was offered more valuable cards in exchange for this card, but I was just like, you know what, I just really want to meet this guy, because I think it's super cool that the admin of this incredibly large baseball card collecting group happens to live in the same place that I do. So I was just like, I was working at GameStop at the time, and I was just like, 
hey, man, like, you know, my shift is from, like, you know, four to nine tonight. You know, if you just want to roll in, we can, like, make the deal in person. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was at work, and he showed up and was just like, hey, what's up, man? And I was like, oh, my God, another nerd <laughs> in real life. This is fabulous. And, like, I just felt, like, so wait, wait, validated. Wait, wait, wait. You never met any nerds at GameStop working at GameStop? Hmm. I'm pressing X to doubt on that, but. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's. Yeah, a, I, 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 bit of a different variety you know oh I mean? it is for card game people yeah they're very different nerds absolutely yeah because i mean like i i like video games just fine but i am definitely not nearly as into that as like the gaming community is or whatever because like yeah yeah you know like i'm i'm not somebody that like you're not going to find me on twitch anytime soon you know what i mean like that's just not <laughs> that's <laughs> not how sure. i roll and like it's cool that people do that and i'm like oh yeah, really, yeah. i'm really glad that there is like an esports realm because like i don't know i i always kind of wish that was a thing when i was a kid when i was super into Same. video games so i was like yeah. how cool would yeah. it be if i could be a professional video game player <laughs> so even though i'm yeah. not into it I'm so glad that it exists. <laughs> yeah. Same. But anyway, yeah, it was, it was just, uh, I don't know. It was just super cool being able to, you know, like network and, you know, meet somebody that uh, lived in my area to make an IRL trade with as an adult. You know, like oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. my big story really is just like, I don't know. It was super cool because, you know, like after you reach a certain age or whatever, like, you know, like a lot of kids will, you know, kind of like stop collecting and stuff because it was you know because there are plenty of people who are just like ah like that's that's such a childish thing to do you know so like any trades that i would make with like my neighbors when i was a kid or whatever like hey i don't live in the same place that i used to anymore so even if i wanted to i don't communicate with these people anymore and two like you know it's just you know it it just it hits different when oh when when, when you're a kid or whatever so you know and i don't know just being able to you know, relive my youth as an adult and make a, yeah. a a trade with another human being in real life for a trading card was just like a very, very fun experience and moment for me. So like that's one that always stands out like that dude, you know, like if somehow he ends up listening to this, just know that I'm thinking about you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, uh, that that's a dope thing though. So you got you got a Vlad card for for the thing, or did you not trade? What was what was the final result of that? I'm sorry if I missed that. Oh yeah, I exchanged the uh, Mike Trout rookie card for a Vladimir Guerrero relic card that is now objectively far less valuable. Oh no, <laughs> oh no. Well, I guess the Trout rookie is yeah pretty valuable. That makes sense. Shit, I didn't think about that. But, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that deal yeah. has aged very poorly, but oh, it's sadly. just something that I. You know, it was just cool. You know, is, is there one in the opposite direction where you uh, where you uh, scammed a guy, but not didn't mean to scam the guy? Oh man, uh, a couple times, honestly. <laughs> Do you want to yeah. talk about any of those? Or? Well, I wouldn't say like. No, I, I know. I'm just being. Yeah, like, like I, I yeah. definitely wouldn't say that. Like, I'm the type of person that like will like negotiate in bad faith by any means. But there have yeah. been opportunities. Where I had a card and I true asked, capitalist terms comes out big capitalist oh, yeah. terms here. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> you know, and like the I I set the asking price at a very rosy, optimistic level that I didn't think anybody was going to take me up. On. You know what I mean? Because like yeah, if yeah, you, yeah. like you know like you want two hundred bucks for something, so you listed it two fifty. You know, like that. Right, right. That type of 100%. thing. Like with the understanding that you're probably going to negotiate down. Um, yep. 
yeah so yep. like there have been a couple times where like people had uh were just like yeah i'll take it at the asking price i'm like uh okay because this thing <laughs> is not nearly as valuable as what i'm asking for it but fuck it hey okay cool if you want to overpay me for this then absolutely do that like i don't know yeah. like it, yeah. it ev everyone's done it you know what yeah, i mean yeah, like I'm not, I'm not a bad person for admitting this <laughs> no you're not i i mean any any person in the tcg collectibles card games stuff like that if they haven't done any of that stuff they're just fucking lying like they're just lying like i know they're lying exactly. there's no way you've never like even accidentally ripped off someone like there's no way you just have done that because i've been ripped off too and i've ripped off people before like it's whatever i always make sure i'm clear with my stuff but like you know what i mean like it's it's happened before it, it, you're a liar if you if you haven't so yeah percent. Um, <laughs> yeah um is there a favorite pull story they have like that like a card that you pulled out of a thing that was like just amazing because I, I know we talked about the trades but i'm curious if there's like a pull that you liked or super into Oh my god, dude, there is one that stands head and shoulders above the rest, and I still have this card in my possession, mm -hmm. and so it's funny, because I remember, like, I pulled it out of a box that I got from Target, um, it's a, it's a Panini set, or whatever, like, the Panini X-Factor, whatever, blah, 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 ooh. and it was just like, ooh, like, every box comes with one autograph, so I was like, eh, fuck it, you know, because I was, I was going to the store to buy deodorant or something, and I was just, like, I walked past the card aisle, and I was like, yeah, I'll buy a box, I'll open this when I get home, and, uh, uh, it's from the 2015 set, and I have a red ink Fernando Tatis Jr. autographed card that I pulled out of a $20 Ooh. box from Target. Wow. And I tried selling it at the time, and I was only asking for like 30 or 40 bucks, but nobody, oh nobody took me up on it. Like, I listed <laughs> that card for sale multiple times in multiple groups, and nobody bit. But like, as time has gone along, now, like six years later, I look at that card and I'm like, holy shit, I have a Fernando Tatis autograph. And like, so like that, that Panini set actually comes out before Bowman Chrome does every year. So even though it doesn't have the official like MLB logos on it or whatever, because like this is when he was still in the White Sox organization before the oh, James yeah. Shields trade. So like, it's yeah. just like, it's a photo of him just like in a, like in a black helmet and a plain black jersey or whatever. Like there's no logos on it, but like, that is actually like the first group of cards he ever autographed. Mm -hmm. So like, I just have this card sitting around and like, I'm at the point now. Cause like, I don't know, like for fans who are listening to this, you know, that watch baseball, we all know how good Endo Tatis yeah. Jr. is now. Yeah. And <laughs> so like, the fact that I have this just blows my mind. <laughs> dude, you gotta get that shit graded. I really should do it because, like, you, gotta, I, right? you know what? Like, fuck, I'm gonna throw that question back to you in oh, terms yeah. of like a favorite that you pulled while I look up on eBay how valuable <laughs> this card is now. <laughs> yeah, um, a favorite pull is maybe a little tough because uh, I, I, uh, like playing Magic a lot when I played in college, like a bit, a, a big amount. Um, that was like my biggest card game playing experience, at least. I. I buy singles, you know, because I wanted to play the game. I knew what cards I wanted, so like that. So not a lot of pack openings that I can think of. Um, but I do have some pretty cool cards that I like, and I'm not sure how I acquired them because they're just kind of like back in the day. Um, you just like end up these ones like, oh, I have these cool cards. How did I know? Or how did I get these? But, God, if I'm thinking of one off the top, there must have been something cool I pulled. I can't even think. I just buy a lot of cards, man. I, I It's such a hard thing. Um... There was, uh, I, I want to say back in college, uh, it was like 20, it's like 2011, 2012. 
Um, but actually, I'm sorry, right before going to college, me and my buddy bought this big Innistrad box. And if you're a Magic the Gathering player, you know, you, you'll you know Innistrad pretty well. It's a pretty famous set. They did a return to Innistrad. Um, I remember pulling uh, one of the uh, one of the um, traders, and it was uh, it was Elish Norn, big fan of Elish Norn, and that card is Buku expensive or not Buku expensive. It's an expensive card, and I was I just love that card. Big fan of I was playing white a lot. Um, I thought Elish Norn looked fucking super cool. I'm pretty sure she's in the lore of the story. She's like dominating. Uh, oh, I get, sorry, that's not Innistrad, dude. Oh my god, it's Phyrexia, new Phyrexia. I'm all over the place. Um, but it was a new Phyrexia <laughs> card. It was it was a, it was an Elish Norn, a super cool card. I love that. I also remember at the same time pulling up a thra- pulling a Thrag Tusk, and everyone if they play Magic knows what Thrag Thrag Tusk is. And that was like on like Corset 15, whenever that came out or whatever, or Corset, I don't know, like 13 or whatever. And I remember trading that for like nothing because when it first came out, Thrag Tusk was worth like nothing, and it wasn't like a staple in the format at all in standard. Um, so I remember, I guess, getting ripped off. That was one of my biggest memories of pulling a card and then like immediately trading it for nothing. Oh man! Um, oh, no. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's fine. It's not like an expense. It's not expensive anymore anyway. So not a big deal. But uh, but yeah, it's probably one of my stories. I remember trading a lot. That that's most of my thing. And and one of my trades that I definitely made the most off of um, was when I was working actually in the city. Uh, I was working in a law firm, and I found out I don't even remember how but this one attorney that I was working pretty close with also play Magic the Gathering, so we would, like, go into his off sometimes and play, and uh, we, like, went out, I remember a few times to, like, go buy cards and stuff like that, and I remember him pulling some really six cards, and he was, like, a high-powered attorney, so, like, he made a shit ton of money, so he didn't care at all about what these prices were, he just kind of, like, looked what they are, he's like, oh, I like this, or I don't like this, whatever, and I remember getting some, like, Scalding Tarns and some, like, uh, some really nice vintage stuff, like, I think I got... I think it was a vintage Masters box that I like just traded for a lot of the stuff. It was like a guy, not Gaius Cradle, because I don't think that's reprinted. But it was like something really, really good. And I just remember him giving him like nothing for it. And I was like, dude, are you sure? Like, I'm totally 100% ripping you off. Like, these cards are not worth what the cards <laughs> I'm giving you are. And he's like, no, man, like, whatever, dude. Like, I'm pretty sure that guy made like six times my salary anyway. So, oh, um, but he was, he was pretty chilly. <laughs> he, I mean, I worked, I, <laughs> some expensive people. Um, but yeah, uh, so I remember doing that, getting some nice scalding tarns from that guy. That was really dope. I was really happy about that. Yeah. I, oh God, I also, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm actually getting his stuff back. I remember my first Planeswalker for Magic. I remember pulling my first Planeswalker. It was a Jace Bellerin. I bought it at this local card shop called the Joker's Child, and we drove over to a parking lot and like a, in a, um, me and my buddy, we drove over to a parking lot, like a few, like a mile away or whatever like that. And we just sat there and we opened up cards. And I got my first Planeswalker. It was a Jace Bellerin from like M11. Super sick, still have that card. That's actually probably one of my most uh, remembered pulls. So that one was. Sorry, that was long-winded. Hell Lots yeah. of stuff. Lots of stuff. But anyway, you were looking up something? And, uh, I'm here for it, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. So yeah. I was just uh, checking the value of this uh, this Fernando oh, Tatis card yes. now. Yeah. So the most recent ungraded uh, version of this card sold for around 400 bucks, and a PSA 9 sold for like 600 So Nice. Nice. Yes, this card that I was actively looking to sell to people for thirty dollars, like four and five years ago. Really glad I still held on to that because, like, yeah, you holy gotta, shit. Have, gotta have diamond hands sometimes, man. Sometimes you gotta have diamond hands, you know, man. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh man, that's interesting because I don't. To be honest, like, uh, it's so interesting with um sports cards because like I don't have anything in my collection that's worth that much money. Um, like I feel like sports cards are a lot of hit or miss stuff, you know. Does, does that ring, I feel like that rings true, right? Like you, you either like have like a very expensive card, or and there's not a lot of in between. Or am I am I wrong in that assumption? Yeah, no. I mean, I I would say that that's pretty accurate, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also want another assumption because I've been watching a few guys on like uh, 
uh, on like YouTube and stuff like that. And they were saying, and I possibly kind of agree that any card under like an eight graded is like kind of just like not worth it at all. Do you agree with that assessment? It's kind of a complicated answer when talking about. Oh, I mean for like modern cards. cards then. I mean, for oh, like for, modern okay, cards then. okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah, modern, yeah. for modern cards specifically, then like, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, it's one of those things where like, uh, like, like anything less than like a PSA nine or anything less than maybe really? like an eight point okay. five for BGS or whatever. Oh. Like, depending on the individual, but I'm just right, I'm speaking right. just in terms of like, I guess like what the general consensus opinion would be for like people who are like super specific about these things. Like, yes, there is a certain number that once it gets below, people are just like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I feel like eight is probably it for me, but for modern cards, obviously, like you said, the Honus Wagner and like older cards like that, it's kind of hard to find anything in like a really good condition, so they're definitely worth stuff, but yeah. Oh, I, I yeah. Yeah. Because vintage sure. is a completely different animal, because like it, right. if it exists and you have it, then it's like, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. So, like, <laughs> Absolutely. And um, actually, uh, speaking of that, in one yeah. particular instance or whatever, um, Another fun, fascinating story. Um, the I want shit. I'm gonna look this up specifically so that way I'm not saying the wrong thing. <laughs> but uh, shit, yeah. Yes. Okay. So the 1952 tops set. Um, that is where you can find the Mickey Mantle rookie card. Mm, I know that card because I played yeah. MLB Showdown. Or MLB, yeah. No, MLB the Show. MLB the Show because it has like the old cards in it for like the whatever collecting thing they have. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah. So I mean, uh, that set or whatever, like there was a shipment of it that um, famously uh, accidentally got dumped into a river. Oh, okay. <laughs> so like there are like it's it's a very scarce set to begin with, gotcha. but specifically for like the Mickey Mantle rookie or whatever. And uh, in January, um, just looking it up or whatever, like this was a uh, news on the Beckett website. Um, mm -hmm. A PSA 9 sold for a record-breaking $5.2 million, making it the most valuable baseball card and sport card ever sold. Yes, so, true. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I mean? So just, like, especially when it comes to the old shit. Because, like, you know, like, even going back to what I was saying, like, about, like, my uncle's collection or whatever, like, mm -hmm. so many people who, like, you know, grew up in, like, the 50s and 60s or whatever, like, when they moved away to college or whatever, you know, like... Their yeah, parents my dad is a similar get story. rid of their cards, yeah. you know, because yep. like mm -hmm. nobody had the foresight to see that this would become a thing. So right. like so many cards got destroyed, whether on purpose or in the case of the 1952 top set by accident or, <laughs> you know, shit like that. Like, yeah, it's just one of those, you know, crazy things or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. like condition, like it matters or whatever, yes. but at the same time, like, even one that's just graded PSA authentic, like, not even good uh -huh. enough for a number grade, but is just encapsulated, and it's just like, <laughs> yep, we can confirm this thing is real. Like, <laughs> just, like e just even that alone, or whatever, it's just like, who cares right. about the number? If it's an yeah. authentic card and it exists, I care about this, mm -hmm. you know? But yeah, like, the modern stuff or whatever, like, people get, like, super finicky about that. Me included. I <laughs> I am very specific about that. Because, like, when it comes to, like, the modern cards or whatever, like, I refuse to purchase anything that is less than a BGS 9.5. I, okay. I won't do it. 
I won't do it. I'm very, very specific about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. Um, I'm actually going to skip over my next question because I feel like we already covered it a little bit. And uh, I'm going to add something in at the end. So super fun. Watch out for that. Um, but yeah, okay. I want to skip there. So we're going to go into So I just straight up, like, what's your favorite card in your collection? You got to have a favorite. You got to pick one. Which one is it? Oh, man. Hmm. I don't know. Well, okay. So I'll tell you what. Like, uh, it's not the most valuable by any means but Mm -hmm. it is just like the one that is like super super cool to me i have a uh i have a dual autograph um max scherzer and anthony rundun (laughs) oh wow oh wow (laughs) i just like i love those dudes so much and like i share a birthday with anthony rundun yeah so uh, yeah, like I, yeah. I just I love that dude to death or whatever. Like for my birthday one year, I got a custom number six jersey that just says two bags on the back because it's a uh, you know his nickname Tony Two Bags because he's <laughs> famous for being really good at hitting doubles. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. Like I just I I love Anthony Rendon to death. I'm still sick over the fact that he plays for the Angels now. Like, but mm-hmm. either way, mm-hmm. like I don't know, it's, dude. It's like, great for me because I love Rendon too, and I can finally root for him. Very happy about that. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that one is super sick, and uh, I actually uh, I have another one. Uh, yeah. Actually, so it's probably uh, tied for my favorite. It's that dual autograph Max Scherzer one, but then I also have a uh, Rendon rookie card autographed relic that has part of uh, like a uniform patch or whatever that is like uh, the red variant that I think is numbered out of twenty five mm-hmm. or whatever. That um, so like Tops has this thing where like um, they insert um redemption cards or whatever. It would be like, wow, you have you know like you've got this thing or whatever. So like log on to our website, enter the code, and then like they'll mail it to you or whatever. Like it's just it's mm-hmm. a whole fucking just weird fun thing that they do. Yeah. So uh, whenever they would send those out or whatever, they come sealed with like a Tops sticker on it or whatever. So um yeah, like that uh cool Rendon uh, relic autograph card of mine. Like it's uh, still oh, yeah, sealed yeah. with the top sticker or whatever. So it's just like, undisturbed <laughs> nice. by human hands ever since oh, it yeah. got inserted into the case. Oh, like, Oh yeah. Yeah, dude, that one, it, like it just looks super cool. Like the patch is really cool. There's like, you know, it has like, you know, like the red and the Navy, you know, like the, I don't know, like when it comes to like the, the patches or whatever, like it's all about, it's all about the colors, man. It's all about mm-hmm. the aesthetics. Like, I don't know. Oh, it, yeah. it looks it cool. Is. <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely fair. That's definitely fair. Um, all right, my favorite one uh, for my collection is got to be, it's actually a misprint. So that's that's how, that's how cool it is. Um, do, do you know Buster Blader from Yu-Gi-Oh? Yes. Yeah, so I have a Buster Blader that is missing the ink in the top of its text. So, like, you can see the, like, little, like, you know, it looks kind of like Braille. You can see, like, the indents where the uh thing is but there's no ink in it so it just oh, the rest man. of the card is fine but like yeah there's just it's just it's just missing that part it's super cool it's my favorite card in my collection i don't know how much it's worth because misprints are always weird but i love that card i've also i tried to like google it and see if it's like a thing and i haven't seen it on the internet anywhere so i feel pretty lucky to have it that is awesome dude i love little shit like that like yeah oh, man. Misprint collectors are interesting, dude. They're, they're some interesting guys. Like, I was watching a, a thing, uh, uh, like, a, one of the guys for, like, Magic, it, like, interviewed this guy who has, like, a bunch of misprints, and, man, they are super cool. They're just so unique, so interesting, but, God, I just don't know what to, what that price is for those cards. You know what I mean? I don't know what the hell you're spending on them because they don't yeah, have any, dude. like, like, com- like par- comparisons, you know? 
Yeah, because like that's that's definitely a niche part of collecting or whatever. That like if you're into it or whatever, like people will pay obscene amounts of money. You know what I mean? But like, it's one of those things like you kind of have to determine the market for yourself because like you said, like it's very hard to come up with an objective value for something so strange and specific. But like, man, I don't know. Like I, I too share your enthusiasm for little goofy things like that because like, I don't know, it's just those little oddities. It's, it's a fun thing for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I love it. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So now we talked about which ones you like the most, but now I gotta know which one is your most expensive card that you have. Unless you don't want to disclose it, because like you know, you're missing. Uh, you don't want anyone to come steal your uh, your cards. <laughs> oh, uh, well, uh, probably uh, that Fernando Tatis is now probably my most expensive one. But there, I will say there are there are some that like I no longer have because like I'm one of those people. Like when I was like super super into the you know, into the, you know, cardboard stock market, as it were, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, there there are so many cards of mine where, like, I just got out from under the asset when I thought it was an appropriate time. Sure. But at one point or another, there are, like, three cards off the top of my head that I know are objectively the most valuable. So, like, that, that Mike Trout rookie card that I traded, um, stupid valuable now, Mm. Then there is a um, the Bryce Harper rookie card from 2012 that was in the Topps Heritage set was like a super 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 short print, mm-hmm. and I got rid of that one because like I sold all of my Bryce Harper cards with the exception of one out of spite. So <laughs> there's that, and then um, there was a PSA 10 vladimir guerrero rookie card that was like a super cool refractor or whatever Mm -hmm. that i sold prior to him being inducted into the baseball hall of fame that skyrocketed in value once he became a hall of famer that i feel super stupid for getting rid of now but uh (laughs) those three or whatever definitely like between those three i probably could have had like you know a a few thousand dollars but here i am i fucked up so (laughs) (laughs) okay we've all been there for sure i definitely have um i remember trading this again for anyone who was magic i traded a foil ink moth nexus at the time when it like just came out and like new phyrexia stuff and that was worth a shit ton but i'm not as worth as much anymore uh my my most expensive stuff is is, like mostly in magic and it's like playset of stuff i actually invested a lot in modern and it's not doing so great right now but like i have like a place that liliana's place that a snapcaster mages a lot of fetch lands like old fetch lands like scalding tarns and stuff those are expensive but like they're in the range of like you know like 40 to like 60 to 80 to like 100 they're not like i don't have any card that's worth like over like 100 dollars. i don't think individually unless you get the misprint or any of that gotcha. stuff like, yeah but that's just kind of how it is with magic as much for like the modern stuff because they're actually it's fun you said some words that i've picked up on that are actually like words in like magic because so there's standard for like format there's modern there's vintage and then there's uh legacy so there's some interesting uh interest very interesting word usage there that does mean kind of the similar thing but not exactly but throughout the card uh like universe so it's interesting hell yeah hell yeah brother um okay uh so i have oh was there anything um else you want to ask or talk about tcg stuff or before we get into my super secret awesome thing that we're going to talk about real quick um shit actually well i guess uh the only other thing that i have to add is that i forgot that at one point i had a um Derek Jeter rookie card collection <laughs> oh and oh. i i sold 
almost all of them, and I deeply regret doing that now because, like, man, I really fucked up in terms was, of the money making aspect of that. Was that a long time <laughs> ago that you sold it, or like? Oh yeah, so I mean, I had that as like a little subset within my collection uh-huh. about three or four years ago, and like, there's one of them or whatever that's like from the. 1993 sp set or whatever that's like a foil card or whatever mm-hmm. so like the the condition of that is literally everything it's the name of the game and yeah. like the one that i had was in like such in that, good yeah. shape and like mm-hmm. oh, i oh, i got rid of it at like what is now an obscenely awful price and i just remembered that and now i feel so <laughs> oh, no <laughs> yeah it, it's oh. tough you can't you can't look in the in the past like that you know like it's like the guy with the victoria's secret guy who sold it for like two million dollars and then he killed himself because it was like 10 million dollars like two years later or some shit like that you just oh, can't live geez. in the past you know i think he Big jumped facts. off the golden bridge fun fact um but anyway <laughs> all right so no questions for you that's dope um we've got the the last thing i want to do this is a surprise term so we're gonna play a game are you ready here we go it's called did jesse overpay for this card are you ready? Oh, I'm ready for this. Because <laughs> I've just started now that it's a pandemic and I feel like collectors are getting into it. So I'm getting into it, whatever. I bought some baseball cards, graded baseball cards. The only baseball cards I'm going to buy, actually, like singles, are going to be graded. So um, are you ready for this? I got a few. I want to see what your opinion is, okay? Hell yeah. All right. The first one is a 2019 Bowman Chrome Ready Show Gold Refractor Keston Hira Rookie Card out of 50 PSA 10. I spent 40 one dollars on that one did i overpay i think that's pretty good value honestly mm-hmm. yeah feels like good value feel i was in a, i was in a deep bidding war for like the last like minute on this it was like a 20 bucks and we just shot each other up to the moon um so that was, that was <laughs> i fun. love those battles <laughs> i uh man these guys are crazy so i bought that one from like pwcc so i got a lot of these from like reputable places so i'm hoping they're all good you know um because sometimes you know you can definitely like like sometimes People can, like, you know, crack open the cases or, like, whatever. They're, like, not good. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, the next one is actually the same card, except it's just uh, it's 2019 Bowman Chrome, uh, the show Cast and Hero rookie card, PSA 10. I spent 19.19 on that. It's just the regular one. Does that, does that seem like good value? Yeah, that's, that's, I, that's, that's around you can, you can tell me if I'm, if I'm getting wrong off there, though, you know? You, you can hit me up. Oh, no. Nah, so, oh, okay. Cool. So, like, you're... Like the this is the base version, right? Like not an autograph yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, it's just a base version. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I mean, like for those, I mean, like you know, twenty bucks is a general rule of thumb for mm-hmm. that shit. So yeah, I fuck with it. Okay, cool, cool. I feel like you know, getting this stuff graded is like gonna cost more than the twenty bucks anyway, right? Like, so oh, I, hell I, I yeah. Feel, you know, I mean, I like buying them already graded because it feels 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 better. Um, all right, I got two more. All right, these are older ones now. I've got a two thousand. Upper deck Raphael for Cal rookie card, and it's a BGS nine. I paid seven dollars for that one. Feel like good value? Oh, thank God you said seven dollars. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love Raphael for Cal. I was a big fan of him. I have I have a lot of his uh, MLB Showdown cards. Love Raphael for Cal. But yeah, not too much money. Not yeah, much. dude, fucking shout out Raphael for Cal and MVP Baseball two thousand five. He was a great Ooh. leadoff hitter to have in that game. True, <laughs> very true. Um, all right, the last one I got is a 2002 Bowman Chrome Draft BJ Upton slash Melvin Upton Jr. rookie card in a 9.5 Gen Mint BGS. I spent $15 on that one. Did I overpay? 
Dude, there was a time in the past when that card was obscenely valuable, man. Really? I will tell you. Oh yeah, dude. Ooh. That 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 was a that was a really really popular card in its time. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, what you paid for it now is a very appropriate price. But let me tell you what, dude. There was a point in the past where that card would have gone for considerably more. Like, yeah. that's one of the really ballsy things about being, um, you know, somebody in the uh like the baseball card collecting game that uh do like a lot of the shit with buying like prospect cards or whatever because like man dude like the the hit rate on like getting a really good roi is not super high because it yeah. all depends on how well that player ends up doing in their career yeah exactly i'm a big Kesson hero stand now so <laughs> i love him so much he's so good yeah yeah yeah, but no, I get that. It's definitely tied to the value for sure, right? Like, it's got to be. It's um, tricky, dude, because, like, there are some cards that I have or whatever that, like, the price that I paid for them has aged very poorly. But, like, it's mm -hmm. it's one of the risks that's, you know, like, baked oh, into yeah. this, you know? Just, like, mm -hmm. it, like, yeah, because, like, the value of a player's card is entirely dependent on how good that player ends up being. So, like, if you invest heavily in a card for, you know, a prospect that hasn't made it to the majors yet, if they don't pan out for any reason, then, wow, you are up a creek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. That's definitely, for prospects, yeah, that's got to be even crazier. Like, I can't imagine, like, I feel like I'd be so anxious about doing that, like, spending a decent chunk and just being, like, super anxious to be like, oh, my God, this product doesn't turn out. I'm totally fucked, you know? That's why I got out of doing it, because I was just like, I can't handle it. Like, I already have yeah. enough issues with anxiety. Like, I don't yeah. need to magnify that. <laughs> true, true. Um, but yeah, all right, so that's all I've got. Um, Herms, you want to plug your shit? Even though if you're listening to me, you should be listening to Herms, but go ahead. Hell yeah. So you can find me, the baseball card collector, talking about <laughs> fantasy football on Twitter. <laughs> At Herms NFL, and uh, I have a blog slash uh, like live stream show thing that I do. Uh, you know, you've been on. You know what's up. It's Damn, the lateral, and true. you can find it uh, at the lateral ff on Twitter and www.thelateralff.com. So yeah, I mean, for as much as I know about baseball cards, I would like to believe that I know a little bit more even about fantasy football. So. <laughs> I'm going to second that for sure. Um, and I've been on the Lateral Love show a few times. Big fan of that. Uh, they're criminally underfollowed on Twitter. So make sure you go follow them on Twitter, okay? Please do that. Uh, call to action. Um, but yeah, I want to say thanks again for coming on. I love talking about cards. So super fun time. Hope you had a good time too. Hell yeah, dude. This was a blast. Awesome. All right, man. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening to the Bacon Games Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BGF Sports and be sure to tune in next time.